0: Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazile. This is the show where I, got, I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my incredible guest, I have Doug Holtzman. He's the VP of Business Development at Sports Digita, formerly of the Saints, the Rays, the Rockets. Spent a little bit of time at IMG College back in the day. Doug, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing all right. I feel old. The, the more teams you start saying I work for, I'm like, holy crap, I'm getting old.
0: Yeah, you've been doing this thing for a minute. Um, that's why I'm very grateful to have you on, get to talk to you a little bit about, I guess, what it was like in the uh, the mid to early aughts, right? That's always an interesting time, and I guess just like world history, right? But uh, excited Sports. to learn a little bit about how you got into this thing. You're, you're a big sales buff. I think everybody's kind of selling themselves at some point, right? So you got to learn a little bit of salesmanship along the way, but excited to jump into this thing with you. So, Doug, the first question yeah. for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is... Why do you love sports so much?
1: What? I'm, I'm, I'm very unique. So it, it comes down to family for me. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So when I grew up, you know, usually you hear stories like bedtime stories, right? So whether it's princes or princesses, whatever it is, right? I grew up hearing stories of baseball. Why? But my, my dad um, pitched in college, went to the St. Louis Cardinals organization and played for them. Uh, my uncle, Ken, uh, pitched in college as well. Um, got drafted by the Cubs uh, 15 years later, had five world series rings through two, no hitters. So literally when I'm growing up, I'm hearing stories of them when they were, you know, in battle literally, or, or obviously they grew up, they idolized the Cardinals back then. So I'm hearing stories of Stan Musial. So that, 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 was my childhood growing up. So you name the stories of, of baseball. I could probably tell you a lot about them. Right. That so that's why I got into sports. People say the love of the game. I, I was literally born into the family.
0: My buddy Sia is chiming in Ozzy Smith bedstime stories must have been the absolute best. I'm sure that was an absolute blast hearing about that wizard out on the field, doing his thing Cubs and Cardinals though, like brothers at brother against brother. That must've been a lot of fun back in the day. You
1: know, what's weird is that it's funny being, and I'm from St. Louis, but we all grew up Cubs fans.
0: Oh um, no. What? Why as the
1: story goes and people say, why is that right? So now, you know, my, my dad was in the minor league, so didn't make it to the show. But my uncle Kenny was actually supposed to get drafted by the Cardinals and got called by their general manager the night before the draft. And he's from St. Louis, local kid, and said, "We're going to draft you. You're our pick." And he didn't, and the Cubs did. And he he started, and his career at the Cubs was very successful with them. Threw two no hitters for them, and and so literally, I grew up a Chicago Cub fan in St. Louis. There's not many of them, and uh, you name the crap that I took when I was a kid, I definitely took. From people, so but I, I was love that.
0: That's not a place. That's like not quite being a New York fan in Philadelphia, but I'm sure it was similar in some regards, uh considering the the heated rivalry they have out there in the uh, now NL Central. Back in the day, it was kind of wonky, right? The Mets were there; it was, it was a little weird, but now uh kind of figured itself out a little bit, which I think is pretty fun. And so, obviously, again. As you said, you grew up in sports. It's your family, literally, your lineage. Your uncle threw two no-hitters. Let's kind of just say that one more time because that's absolutely insane, right? I mean, now no-hitters are kind of like a dime a dozen, unfortunately. I still love every single one. Back in the day, they they really, really meant something, right? So I think that part's pretty cool. But I guess I'm kind of curious then how you – you know, everybody – that loves sports at some point I'm sure wanted to work in sports and you really made that a goal of yours, right? You took, had a little time at CAA. I don't think it was CAA at the time, but you spent some time there. You worked for three different franchises in baseball, uh, and baseball in basketball and in football, right? You covered all the gamut there. What was it about working in sports that you were really excited about that wanted to get you? I mean, it's the reason you get up every morning, right?
1: No question. And it, it's funny. I never thought about not working sports. I always knew if I couldn't make it to the major leagues, which that was my goal. Like I, I was born, that was my goal. That's what I wanted to do, and I got as far as I can. I, I had a bum arm at the end of the day, and and, and, and got as far as I could. That I was going to make it there in another way, and, and and in the you know obviously they've got the business side of things. Um, I was fortunate to have a lot of mentors, and I got them at early ages. So I was on a a junior Olympic AU basketball team with, if if you're a basketball buff, it was guys like uh, Ryan Robertson who went on to Kansas where where I went and played in the NBA and and Peter Sauer was on that team who went on to Stanford. So we had guys that went to the NBA and went, went to Europe, et cetera. But on that team, Peter's dad was Mark Sauer, who at the time just got through running the Pittsburgh Pirates and then he was running the St. Louis Blues. And then after he ran the St. Louis Cardinals, and from day one, the first day I met him, I, I told him, I was like, like I called Mr. Sauer. I was like, I'm I'm gonna take your job in about 10, 15 years. I'm going after it. And I wanted it, but I was legit, seriously. And he used to try to talk it out of me every time. No, you're not. You're gonna go to you're gonna go to college, and you're gonna get your big, then you're gonna get your MBA, then you start working, and then maybe we'll talk about you getting into sports and try to talk me out forever, every time. So I had him literally there, and then the other mentor that I had, um and this was the late great Marty Hendon, who was the PR great for the St. Louis Cardinals. If you probably said, name five of the biggest PR greats of all time, Marty Hendon comes up, literally. And he ironically went to high school with my parents um, in St. Louis. So, you know, I grew up and and so I knew him when I was a and he knew that I wanted to work in there. So I guys like that helped guiding my way when I was literally 9, 10, 11 years old and then starting to go up. So, like I said, my goal from day one was again couldn't if I couldn't get it on the field, I was going to be working in sports somehow, some way. I never ever thought about non-sports. It was it was a, it was a non-starter for me. If you're like, hey Doug, you want to be a lawyer? No. You want to be, be a doctor? No. I'm, I'm going to work in sports. I I wanted to wake up and enjoy what I'm doing. Now, yeah, work your ass off. Don't get me wrong, but I I enjoy and saying this is what I love. I. Freaking! I love this. You know, this is my my life. This sports. Why wouldn't I want to work in it? So I I, was from day one.
0: I could not agree with you more. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, I always thought that. And then I was like, oh, college, like, oh, you know, like I when I kind of went to college, maybe half of it was my fault. Maybe half of it was the fault of the people teaching me. But it always kind of just seemed like if you were going to you were either going to become an agent or you're going to have to get into ticket sales. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to do either of those things. So I quickly was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to work in sports. That'll be my outlet. Right. That'll be my release. After working for two and a half years in finance, I decided I, what am I doing? Like, this is silly. This is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Like I should work in sports. And over the year uh, that I've been having the show a little over a year, I guess I'm almost year and a half of this show. What I've kind of found out, even wrote a book on it, check it out, winning in sports business. Um, the opportunities in sports, as you said, you didn't want to be a lawyer. You didn't want to be a doctor. You could be a lawyer in sports though, right? You can be a doctor in sports. And that's the thing about the sports industry. It is that it is an industry. And so I'm kind of curious, what was it about you? I mean, you're a charismatic guy, really nice. Uh, You you seem like, as you said, you're going to work your ass off, do whatever you need to do. What was it about the sales path that, that brought to, you know, either that fire to you or you brought that fire to it? Because, no, but I, I don't care what anyone says. I don't think anybody loves sales. I think people like making a sale. That part's freaking incredible, right? But no one <laughs> loves sales, in my opinion. I could be totally wrong. But what, is, what was it about sales in sports specifically that really you know, brought you to the game?
1: You know, it's funny. My, my mom always makes funny that she's like, you never mention me when you do a podcast. How come, right? So here it comes, mom. You ready? So she worked for 30 years on the sales side. At, it was called KPLR TV in St. Louis. It was Channel Eleven. So when she worked there, they put on the St. Louis Cardinal games. Was when they were to the Blues games, etc. But she was selling advertising for, for literally thirty years. And how how often do you see one person do that? So I saw how she was able to progress and and dominate in sales and and sold some pretty cool stuff at the end of the day. And I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. And she used to always say, He's like you know." it's that heart right there. That's what you got to get to at the end of the day. And, you know, and, you know, got to tell your story, but get to that heart of people. And so I kind of learned that at that, you know, again, when I was growing up, I said, you know, Hey, this is an avenue right here. And then when I, you know, started thinking about, okay, what part of the organization do I want to work in? Do I want to go into coaching? Um, My uncle taught me, literally had me call Lou Piniella when I wanted to go into coaching. So he played with him at the Yankees and Lou taught me out of the, coaching in the first 30 seconds. I kid you not. So I'm like, nope, not going to the coaching. That, that's, that's no. And then, you know, I thought about, okay, maybe I'll get on the, you know, the, the GM path, right, to go down there. Well, then you start realizing, hold on a sec, when the GM goes, so does everybody, all of his boys and mm-hmm. girls that work for him. So then you're out of, out of the job. So I'm like, okay, that's, and that's an early heart attack waiting to happen. I love my friends, their GMs. It's crazy that these guys are all GMs now that, that I grew up with. And it's, it's awesome. But no way on earth, I mean, that is a hard, hard job. So then you start looking and, and go to the ticket sales when you start seeing that. And I always said that I was fortunate, and we'll get into that later, that I, I literally sold tickets for one week. It was my first week with the Rockford Lightning and the CBA, which is now the G League. And then they kind of promoted me like, nope, you're selling more. Um, with, with sponsorships, I freaking fell in love with it because, again, I'm selling what I love. I could go, and I say this to people all the time, I could go sell you a freaking pencil. I'm going to sell you a million pencils, but guess what? I don't like pencils. You know, I, I could care less about pencils, but imagine, you know, with my type of person I am, if I'm able to sell something to somebody that is going to go to a game, like, oh my gosh, like this is what they will see and, and what a company can get with all this stuff. I, was, uh, I love it. So I, I'm selling something that I enjoy and that's why I fell in love with sales from that sponsorship aspect because i mean literally like my first big job was the new orleans saints i'm selling a product that is hands down in in, you know in, in that neck of the woods is the number one two three brand you know and then they were playing the building and wow we had the super bowl there and we had the bcs championship game there and the final four and the sugar bowl and the bayou classic and all these like hold on a sec you mean i could sell stuff that it's up for all those events like now all of a sudden, well, I'm not only selling locally and regionally, now nationally and internationally I'm selling. So I was able to be a part of that. So I literally, it's funny, like people say, I don't like selling. I fell in love with selling. Um, I gave up being a CEO of a company because I enjoyed selling. I hated being a CEO. Uh, no offense to all CEOs right there, but, I, you know, I if if I'm going to go raise money for a company, I'm going to raise it through. I'm going to sell, sell, sell. I'm not going to raise money for, for people. I don't I enjoy doing that.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to get to that. Yes. Yeah. We'll keep it on sales. I did have in here to talk a little bit about your time as a CEO. So I'm kind of curious when we get there, but uh, you, as you said, you worked with multiple teams, you got the incredible opportunity to work with the New Orleans saints, right. And yes. and at a pivotal time in their history, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So we could talk about that a little bit. The Tampa Bay Rays, if I'm not right, they were the Devil Rays back then a little bit, sorry, what? dating you a little bit uh, and the Houston Rockets. Right. So you're moving around, you're going to different leagues you're going to different teams you're going to different cities and different states what is it about that aspect that's one thing that actually right like that's going to weed out a lot of people in sports because so it's so difficult to go from ticket sales right to then now you're selling sponsorship for this team and now you're moving up and now you're moving up because those people are potentially going to be there they have families they don't really want to move why is sports this industry where you kind of have to say like hey i understand those first five to ten years are going to be insane. After that, it'll be great, but it really weeds out a lot of people in the beginning, right?
1: Give you a prime example. So when I went, 2001 is when I started with the New Orleans Saints. My boss back then was Ben Hales. So, hey, Ben, if you're listening, love you still, but guess what? What's up, Ben? After, exactly. After about four, after about three, four or five years, I'm thinking to myself, man, I want his job. Like, I think I can do it. I, I've learned I'm doing, I'm kicking butt for this team. Guess what? He wasn't going anywhere. You know, and today he's still working there, twenty plus years later. Mike Stanfield ran ticket sales for him; still working there twenty years later. The list goes on and on. There's something about sports, right? Again, it's look. We all grow up; we love sports. Then those people that get there, especially like like Ben, for instance, like he was from New Orleans. Where that he's not going anywhere. That's awesome. You know, he's in a perfect job for him. That suits them up, you know. They they got them all the way up to you know, uh, you know, SVP of the company. Great, it's awesome. But you know, for a person like me, I, I, I it's funny. The first person to talk to me about this was probably Steve Shanwal, who ran the Bulls forever. He was he's probably my biggest mentor, and he said, "Look, you are going to get to companies in in sports where again, you are going to be. There's no question you'll be better than your boss or your boss's boss. But guess what? They're not going to go there." So you've got to bide your time to wait. A, you got to make an impact while you're there. Like numbers, numbers show, right? Make an impact. But B, then you've got to be at a point is, okay, you're either comfortable or you've got to go to another place so you could keep on going up that pole that you're wanting to be. Some people love it. I did. Some people don't. And are like, okay, you know what? I'm just satisfied doing that. I'm not satisfied. Um, now I am in, in, in life, you know, it's, uh, years later, but you know, it, you know, again, I was, I was having a great time, but it's kind of like, okay, now it's okay. What more can I do? You know, I want to show the best of my talents. I want to continue to grow, continue to not only help the company learn and get better and, and make, you know, make everybody's lives better. So I always got to point is, oop, where are you going to go? Have you ceilinged out? Not for the bad, but like if that boss isn't going anywhere. So with the saints, when I got there, I was there five seasons, and I started really thinking about that the fifth season. And that's when you know I, I remember calling Steve, and I was like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "I think it is because you've topped out. You've got everything you've done there. You you got all the checks." And I got called by the Devil Rays, and I remember I'm like, "Why the heck?" I'm like, "I love baseball, but why the heck do I want to go to this freaking Tampa? Like worst team on in, on earth, right?" The name stinks, the team stinks, the ballpark stinks, the player stinks, everything stinks about it. But they were recruiting me to really be employee number one of the new team with the new owner. So that was when Matt Silverman came in with Stu, the owner. And so I actually was employee number one. But ironic, this is just a cool story. The Thursday before Hurricane Katrina, I flew down and turned him down all day. Literally turn him down. Like, nope, nope, not gonna do it. Yeah, i love it, but I, I, I can't. And Yeah, you know, I'm walking around this am Like, oh my god, it's horrible. Fly back Friday night. There's a preseason football game that I obviously had to attend. Saturday morning, woke up, evacuated. Hurricane Katrina is is literally coming to it to uh, New Orleans. So I call him on Monday and said, "Hey, remember when I said you know?" I no, I that was some other dog right here. Let, let's 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 <laughs> next steps here. So that's why I came on board there. You know, so if a hurricane doesn't hit, A, I don't go to Tampa and B, I met my wife three weeks later in Tampa. How, Like, what's the odds of that happening? So it changed my entire life. But why I switched was I got a bigger role with more responsibility and it was putting me at that next level in my career that I had to be at in order to, you know, kind of hit my goals that I wanted to do.
0: I think that's really interesting, and and yeah, obviously the 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 trajectory of your life definitely changed just a tad bit. You know, moving to another state, meeting your wife three weeks later—I mean, that is just incredible. So I'm sure you're very grateful. Uh, you know, turn turn a bad situation positive, right? That's what we always like to do here, um, for the love of sports, of course. And I guess I'm kind of curious um, with with you know the one thing that you keep bringing up, right? Is you know these people if they you know shout out to—I think his name was Ben. He grew up in us new Orleans and works for the saints that's like dream job number one not even close but there are so many bends around the country and the other thing is there's like 120 franchises right there's really not that many places that you can work and be the head of ticket sales because there's only about 120 of them so it's such like a unique um a unique industry where you can do anything in the world of sports, right? You could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be in sales, you could be in ticket sales, but there's only so many places you could do it. So you have to be pretty friggin good at what you're doing. So understanding that you're going to have to go to different places, meet new people, obviously network, find new experiences as you did when you moved to Tampa. I think that yeah. part's really important. And now this is just kind of something that came. So as you said, you were number, employee number one at a, now what we know is one of the most and analytically driven franchises in the rays They kind of, I know Moneyball was, they were kind of doing Moneyball that just on even a smaller scale, right? Did any of that kind of seep its way into the rest of the organization, right? Like sales is very analytics, right? You have to know the numbers, but I'm kind of curious, like how much more emphasis did they put on that kind of stuff? Or am I just kind of reading into this too much?
1: Well, uh, well, here I'll tell you a funny story. So yeah, back then, yes, for sure. They were like Oakland and a few others, right? That were from from a analytical bi standpoint where you know on the baseball side mm-hmm. obviously are more than most because they had to that's the only way they can compete but we didn't yeah now everybody has a whole bi by team, yeah. like team like five people or however it is but i will say this everything they did they looked at in a different way so for instance i would get called into andrews office who's our who was our gm and and, and literally they kind of say it's hey hold on if and, and wait signed, one second,
0: you say Andrew, you mean Andrew Freeman, the yeah, Andrew, gentleman yeah. who constructed the Dodgers World Series only you oh, know sure. about, about a man. year ago at this point.
1: We get called by his guys and say, Okay, just throwing this out there, if we got this player from a sponsorship standpoint, what do you think you all could bring in? So let's say we brought in a new Japanese ball player, so that went into the calculations somehow when they got it, and it's like, Hey, wait, we signed this player, it's going to cost us X. But wait, it could also lead to sponsorship sales in and Y, and, and I guess then ticket sales in Z. They started thinking about that. So they were really, when I say that the beginnings of it, obviously Oakland, that's number one, right? That's the started, but they were definitely thinking about it back then. And then now it's just everyday, everything's common. Like you literally, sponsor department has all their BI people.
0: That is but, super cool, man. Like that's gotta be so interesting to be on the ground floor. I'm glad I asked that question because that's just like such a, you know, now that kind of like you say it and you talk about it here, it's just so interesting how some people's brains work, man. And mine doesn't work that way, but I love asking people questions whose brains do, uh, because that is always just fun to kind of learn and understand from. And, and, you know, after your time with the Rays, you then move on to the Rockets. I guess, what was it about again, same thing with the Rockets, new opportunity, new role, bigger relate relationships, responsibility is I'm assuming the same type of thing.
1: Yes. But add a caveat here. I wanted to sell internationally. And the only team at that point in America that you could sell internationally to was the Rockets because this little guy named Yao Ming.
0: Li- yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> little uh, so, guy named Yao Ming, right?
1: So, you know, companies would pay for just signage alone seven to ten times. Chinese companies would pay seven to ten times what an American company would pay for the same exact asset. Whoa. Crazy. So what he did over there was, I mean, so again, MJ took it, took basketball off, right? Obviously, Larry Bird and, and Magic saved the NBA. Then Jordan came in, took it to another level. Then guys like when Yao and then Kobe and then and then took it to another level, which now obviously the new guys took it even farther, right? But they made it internationally. And it was crazy. He is, I mean, what he did for China, again, when they would have a game, they call it breakfast with Yao. They'd wake up in the morning before going to work and they would watch us live. And those the literally when watching us live, the ratings were like Sunday night football ratings here in the United States. And then, by the way, they come home and watch us again. The tape. Crazy. And that's what he did. So I had a chance to do that. And how do you turn that down? So ironic. I come there and, you know, 20 games in, he gets hurt right there. There it is. The rest is history. But um, but that was very cool. And I wanted to work in the NBA, too. So again, not many people can work in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, et cetera. And then, so now I'm knowing what the positives and negatives are of each. And that really helped when I was selling as well.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Just the opportunity to do something like that. Um, I mean, they, they, they talked about it recently. Uh, There was a little, little, I guess we'll call it a snafu with Daryl Morey of the Rockets and uh, saying some stuff. I'm not super educated on the situation, so I'm not going to put my two cents in. But what I do know is that the ratings for rockets games specifically because of Yao Ming and how they essentially became like the team of China at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was kind of like those ratings dwarf anything we did over here. And it was just absolutely nuts. Um, Some stuff has happened since, but I think it's just really cool that you again, kind of were on the, the ground floor of another really, really interesting opportunity to bring, you know, basketball and, and signage and, and sponsorship into a new arena you know quote unquote uh which i think is pretty darn cool too and after the okay. Rockets, you then move on to img now known as IMG am learfield img right very big in the college space now it's it, you were there when it was img college so now you're i guess is this when you're kind of settling down a little bit you know hey i don't want to keep going from team to team let's just kind of work in that agency model it's kind of like yeah. stay in one spot like how does i get again i'm kind of curious along the way what what made yeah. you you know, made, did you help all decision-making?
1: Two reasons. First of all, I would, so I'm working in Houston and I didn't even know how college was sold. I thought I was Mm -hmm. naive. I had no clue. I thought that, you know, I I always talk about Kansas because that's where I went to undergrad. So rock chalk by the way. But so I thought Kansas was sold by Kansas through sponsorships. I had no clue. And then, so then, uh, I was put on a board, uh, at, at Kansas and, and, and someone from athletics called me, And they were talking about sponsorships and they're like, oh, and they gave me this guy's email and it was like a a different email. And it wasn't like, I was like, wait, what is this? And he explained Mm -hmm. to me what these multimedia rights companies are are doing right here. And I like fell in love like, hold on a sec. So you don't sell it. You use a third party that comes in and basically takes over your inventory, sells it. It's a split, whatever. And that company also represents 90 more schools and universities or hundred whatever. And, and like, yeah, I'm like, I'm salivating. I, I love college basketball. I, I decided to go to university of Kansas at a basketball game. I went junior year high school. I said, this is it. Cha-ching. This is where I'm going. This is the best place on earth. God's country. Right. Um, so I, I loved it. So I literally called Ben Sutton and I called him up and I'm like, and his secretary answered. I'm like, you don't know who I am. Doug Holtzman. I'm like, Work in pro sports, but just talking to a buddy of mine who works at the University of Kansas, and he told me what you all do. I think I can make Ben a buttload of money. I think this is the coolest thing on earth. I'd love to set up a meeting, and they flew me down two days later. And uh, so I, why I was there is hold on. Now I I got to a place where not only could I sell one school, I could sell 90 schools. So now I'm like holy cow. So I could take a company like like I did the LG deal across college, right? So I, I put them at and at first, I think the first year we did, it was like 24 different schools. How cool is that? You know, you had Outback Steakhouse. I put them at 30 something schools. How cool is that? Because now they could have one person to sell to 30 different places. They didn't have to deal with 30 different ducks. They dealt with one duck. They loved it. And I was putting them in places to succeed. And then I was going through, I was like, all right, let's say basketball season. Hey, yeah, football obviously is, is, the, is obviously the, the, the catch all, right? But basketball is like, hold on a sec. From Monday to Thursday night, and let's just go ESPNs and all that. I could basically get someone from six p.m. to about two in the morning Eastern Time, nonstop basketball in our schools. And I could, you could literally, I could go to a Outback or whatever it is and put them at all these different games. I, I loved it. I thought this was fantastic. So I fell in love again. College sports is fantastic. You know, you get that this, you get this part in your heart going. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose to go there. I also knew my careers. Hey, I picked a company that has places all over the United States. So uh, we just got married. I just had our first, Sadie. And um, so I basically said, Hey, I'll go on a ride. But before she's five, I need to be in Charlotte, Atlanta, or Tampa. That's where we're settling and they they took us on a ride they put me in North, North, northern illinois they moved me to air force academy and then they moved me to atlanta because i knew hey those are three cities that i wanted to settle down with whether i stayed on the team side agency side whatever i did and i've been here ever since i've been here nine years which is pretty cool at the
0: end of the day that so that's awesome. and you're yeah, in I'm atlanta East. you said atlanta, I'm in
1: atlanta yeah a town that's it. right Hot um
0: atlanta. i think that is just such a it's such a great way of looking at it too, right? And and not only, so you had the fortune, not you didn't have the fortune, you earned the right to say that too. You worked hard. You did a lot over those first few years with those each of those teams. You then proved your stuff to IMG. I'm sure when you came in and they're like, oh yeah, 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 sure. We'll send this guy on a ride. And then, you know, yeah. when he, yeah, we'll we'll keep riding. <laughs> he's, he's fine. We're not worried about him. But if you can prove you could do something like that, I think it's really important, right? And you can come in and say that because you earned that right to do it not everybody's going to get that opportunity of course but again you earned it you deserve it
1: it was something look i, I worked my butt off everybody should right but but I, there was goal, and i always set goals for myself short term you know midterm and long-term goals but when i went there i remember like you know so they're like why you i'm like well you know and i kind of went through and you know my my goal like i've always had high goals so like in sponsorship i always wanted to sell a hundred plus million i i did that great check that box um, I was, I was the youngest corporate salesman in all the NFL, check that box, you know, in there. So I remember like when I went to IMG, he had these, you know, he had these awards always and you could get like general manager of the year. And I was like, I'm going to get that. Guess what? I got it. And then it was like, Hey, we have all these contests. I'm like, I'm going to win every one of them. And so is my properties. I'm like, we won every one of them. So again, it's, it's, it, it they, they literally like it, it, it was perfect because they kind of challenge you, but I was able to take everything that I've learned and apply it and keep on continuously learn at the same time because college is a little different than pro it's different you can't just say hey i want to sell x they sign it and deal sometimes you have to deal with athletic directors all the stuff but yeah
0: extra politics involved in college uh whether people want to admit it or not right and so so you're at img for a few years you then there's a couple stops along the way um I don't, I don't know, you, you tell me if we need to get into each and every one. But the one I really wanted to stop on was that CEO stop that you had. And you kind of brought it up a little earlier in the conversation that it, it, being raising money and selling is, while it sounds similar, right? You're bringing in dollars. It's not yep. quite the same thing. So I guess talk to me a little bit about your stop as a CEO. Yeah. I guess why you thought this was the right right time, right place, right time, right? And, and why ultimately you were only there for a couple of years and got right back into sales.
1: Yeah. So it's funny. I went, the stop before is why I went there. So okay. I was, I ran one of the top 10, uh, sp- the sports division one the top 10 advertising agencies in America it was called MBI media brokers International. It was here in Atlanta. So now I'm buying back for my old self, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Right. And, and, um, but I loved it. We had some great partners. I was buying for him, having a good time, but again, you could do that with your hands tied behind your back. Uh, and, they kind of wanted, they didn't want to lose me and they kind of came to me and said, Hey, what if you kind of started also a little consulting? And I was like, sure, let's let like, why not? Right. So now I'm starting their consulting division and doing it. And I had a couple in there and one of them was this, was this guy and started consulting for him. And I think he really took a liking to me and he took me out to lunch once. And he wanted me away from the office and I'm at lunch and we're sitting there. I'm like, so what else do you need me to do for you? Like, why don't you come run my company and be our, my CEO? And I, I thought he was joking. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. Right.
0: You Hardy know? Har, har, yeah. yeah.
1: And then, you know, and then he said, no, I'm serious. And so it was an offshoot of one of his other companies. And we started and had about 70 plus employees. And he said, I want you to come on board because I need someone with a sports background. Because when we go into all these teams or companies involved in sports, he goes, I'm a tech guy. They're not going to take my call. But if you call X person, they're gonna not only take your call; you're gonna be in their office the next day. So, you know, again, is I I went there and, and I, I love doing that. Obviously, you know, I was now working kind of one to all, you know, and helping out. We had the company involved um, AI and VR and uh, AR and wayfinding and beacon technology and helping with apps and helping just just different ways. Like to so you know, think about how many times you've gone to a game. Right. Mm-hmm. And now and you could kind of close your eyes and do it. But if you ask your mom to do it, right. She's like, Oh crap, I got to go. Where do I park? And how do I get from the parking lot to this? And so again, it was, it was helping people that are at these games, which is, it was, it was a very big need. And that's why I went, what the company was involved in how, you know, how you can help out the sports fan that goes to a game. So I love that part. I love being the leader started missing selling because i really wasn't selling and then you had to raise money and you know we raised millions like you had to do but again and the damn like it's it just it wasn't my passion i i'd rather sell it to you and, and really like truly believe what i'm selling because i'm like i know we can help you you know my goal is i always say this to people my goal is to make you look good right so you know whatever i'm giving you whatever that is is that you hit your goals so, you make all the money and just, hey, remember old Doug at the end of the day, right? That's my goal to people. You can't do that as a CEO. It's tough. So, but it's CEOs, like so I talked to Angelina uh, a lot in our CEO here all the time. I'm like, man, I, 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 that is a hard job that you do. You know, when you have to put the people that put the money behind the company, almost sometimes almost ahead of <laughs> right, of, of your employees at some time, that's, that's so tough because I'm a team guy very tough for me from that team mentality to come in like, wait, what What do I need to do now? So that was tough. Um, and that's when I was like, you know what? I, I remember talking to my wife. I'm like, I'm just not happy doing this. And she knew it. She's like, you're not happy doing it. And I, Steve Shandwell had always told me, whenever it becomes a job, get the, you know what, out of there and go go find your passion and, and have fun with your passion. Work, work your butt off, but go find that position. And it was just, and that's, that's why I just, I just wasn't happy. You know, you think right, hey, your CEO, great, they're giving you this, they're giving you that, all the perks, right? And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this this is tough. I just I wasn't enjoying I I, I couldn't put that passion like I'm talking to you today.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and then yeah, it's very clear that you do love um, and you did love what you do. And now I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about um, what you do now. Obviously, hey, you figured it out right now. You know what it's like to be a CEO. Now you can say it again. And maybe that was a box you needed to check. You check that box. See you later. I'm good. I don't need to do that anymore. So let's talk a little bit about Sports Digita. Uh, you've been there since 2018. So you've been there for a few years at this point, three years, if I'm not mistaken. What is it? And why do you love selling it so much?
1: You know, when I was selling for all these years, people used to tell me this all the time, like, Doug, you need to, to tell a story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you can't tell a story with PowerPoint and PDFs. You just can't do it. It's very tough to, and I'd also have other issues. For instance, I remember vividly being at IMG and I had pitches with, with, you know, like my renewal, which I was trying to get probably 10 times the dollars. At, at Outback Steakhouse. And I'm there and, and we have a great meeting. And then, okay, we go back and I go to the team, like, okay, this is what we need to put together. And like 10 plus days go by, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I can't, you know, I couldn't get them the information they needed and it was just killing me. And it was, I was tearing my hair up and, and you don't even think about that. So I, irony speaks is when I was at MBI, when I started getting all these decks sent to me, I saw a lot of bad ones, tons mm-hmm. ones st- stuff with mistakes. And if I knew the person, I'd call them back and be like, "Hey man, if I sent this to Honda Generators and it has what you just described, which is not Honda Generators in it, like you literally left Kawasaki in it, they can get Ooh. pissed off at my company over here and you know and, and, and get rid of us." I was like, "So all this stuff was happening." So. know i was kind of winding down like i said and that's when i i I reached out to angelina i'm like hey we're kind of we're in the same circle we we might have talked a few times but i'm looking to exit right and um i i think this is i think what you all do is unbelievable because i saw it firsthand i saw the yankees when they sent me their deck i saw the red sox when they sent me their deck i was like okay this is awesome i remember going home to my wife and saying i'm going to work for this company someday like i just this is a technology which is incredible because I know it could have helped me. I would have made even more money out there. So, what they are, think of us as kind of like a PowerPoint on steroids. So, that's a, it's funny. I, you always laugh. Hey, I work in sports. We say PowerPoint on steroids. So, we're a cloud and web based presentation builder with built in analytics that could work with your CRM system to create custom presentations in the matter of minutes. So now I'm going to dummy it down because I'm, I'm a moron too. So I'm Thank
0: a, you. I, I, I was going to say, I, there's I, I, a lot there. Let's uh
1: For sure. So cloud web-based. So now when you do a presentation, you could have as many pictures, videos, audio clips, size doesn't matter. So you never have to worry about that again. Also making changes. So think about if I was doing a one-to-one deck, I was selling to Chevrolet and I'm selling them a sponsorship and I'm the New York Yankees. And then I make a change to the deck. I don't have to keep on, you know, change, resend to them. I just make a change, cloud changes it, bam, good to go. That's a one to one, but I could do one to all. So imagine now we have a schedule. So I'm going to do everyday life here. And obviously we're in this thing called COVID, right? And games are ske- are, are canceled. So now your schedule is changed. Well, think about it. you could have a million schedules out there. Now you go into the back end and you make that change to the schedule. And you hit global updates and every deck that you all have ever sent out that had that slide is now updated real time. So it's pretty cool. Then the Mm -hmm. analytics. So now, Michael, you send me a deck and I open it. As soon as I open up that deck, you get an email back says, you know, Doug Holtzman, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309 is open up your deck. Then you're able to go in the back end and look at the analytics. How long I looked at each there are the whole Mm -hmm. entire presentation but how long i looked at each individual page for it's pretty cool you know again you could have videos popping throughout different pictures popping out it's it's night and day difference but the biggest thing is you're able to tell a story Mm -hmm. and that's what we're able to do um on the sports side that i work on we, we completely dominate the space so it's the first time I could legitimately say is I work for the number one, two, and three in that space. Like there's not a, there's not anybody else in there that comes close. So in the pro sports, so the big five leagues, so NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, et cetera, the big five, we now work with between 37 and 60% of every one of their teams. In college sports, we've worked with over 150. In minor league baseball, almost half of minor league baseball uses us. But we also have, like, USL teams, ECHL Mm -hmm. teams. We have Formula One. You know, we we have uh, NASCAR teams. We have EPL teams. So it is great. We have, you know, so the biggest of big, the New York Yankees, you know, the the Dallas Mavericks, the, the Los Angeles Lakers, Dodgers. But we also have the Georgia High School Athletic Association that use us. This platform is a, and I say it all the time, here it comes, it's a game changer. And it really is. So what I do is I'm I'm dug the old salesperson selling sponsorships so now when I'm talking to my my friends and other teams I know exactly the pain points that they have mm-hmm. and how our platform helps and I could give them 400 examples. How cool is that? At the end of the day. So I it's me I'm giving back. I'm literally it I Angelina always she's going to say oh, oh man because I'm like I, I don't think I'm working right? I, I'm literally talking to friends and saying this is how we can help you. And again, what's my goal? I make them look good by them hitting their numbers. And then just remember good old Doug at the end of the day. Just say thanks one time, right? But that's what I'm, what, what I do, and it's awesome. So I don't even think it's work. I, I I absolutely love it. It's it's probably been my biggest fulfillment of a of a job in a career in my career, but for sure. I didn't call it a job. but I mean, it's it is a I, I enjoy waking up. I look up I'm like oh crap, it's five o'clock. That's great. That's that's I think you know
0: and and I love it hit the nail on the head man as, as you said and uh, as someone said to you right once it's a job get the hell out of there uh and it sounds like you're enjoying it and i think one thing that's really funny right so you personally have sold 100 million dollars or whatever the number now Well, now it's, it's, you're kind of selling rather than one to one, it's one to many, right? Because now you're helping all these other people sell. So that number has got to be somewhere in the billions for you at this point, because I'm sure you saw all these decks and you did everything they needed to do and you helped them and you told them what to change and how to do it. And now it's kind of, you're just, you're personally working at scale, right? You're doing what you love just at the literal ultimate scale, helping all these teams, leagues, players, brands, all that stuff. Doing what you'd love the most. That's that's it, incredible. It, it, of course you love what you do.
1: Yeah, and and it honestly it's like again, it's like I I when I deal with the Boston Red Sox when I brought him in, it was David Bads. So David and I were together at the rays. I mean it's such incestuous, right? So hey, when we did the Atlanta Falcons, it was Donnie Rovac. Oh, how long have Donnie and I known each other for? Since we were babies? I mean, like literally like, so I'm literally dealing with friends, but at all these different teams, and I love it. So it's funny when you're on the team side, right? everybody thinks oh there's a million doug holtzman's but as soon as you get on the third party side they think you're an expert and i always laugh at that i'm like i'm i'm the same exact schlub yep. <laughs> before but now you just hey now i'm the expert great i'm the expert but it is cool because you get to hit again what not only one to one but one to many and it's 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 great being a part of it and seeing like i think i've been here now you know again over three years i think to date it's it's i brought in 88 new partners and 80 of them been in sports like i love it you know, it's, it's fun. And I've helped each and every one of
0: them. That is awesome, man. And it sounds like you're having fun doing it, as you said, and you're doing what you love again, just to the nth degree. And I know, you know, a lot of the, the names that you said, right. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the, the Falcons, but if I'm not mistaken, when you and I spoke, it's, it's not just teams, right. You're kind of working with some of those brands. I don't know if we're allowed to say them, you know, IE the Nikes of the world, the Adidas, like, how are you, are you working with those brands? Because the presentation, right. Is telling a story? The the one example I have written down here is is when Steph Curry if I'm not mistaken right it was Nike tried to pitch him and they left Kevin Durant's name in the deck and he's like well you clearly don't care that much about me you didn't even reread the deck so it's you're like right. literally the exact example you use so do you guys do that as well where you're working with brands to find players brands to work with teams technologies is it it's it's all encompassing in the sports world I'm assuming
1: Well we started sports then then we're everywhere now so how, it's, okay. how it really got into the non-sports world is the Yankees were pitching to a client and and they fell in love with the deck and asked to introduce. And uh, they're like, hey, do you do non-sports? And we, I guess the answer was, yes, we do. And that's how our non-sports side started. But I'll give you a prime example So uh, of, of a lot of the non-sports. So uh, the Atlanta Braves brought on board Kaiser Permanente, big healthcare company. And then not only did they see the deck. The first time when they sold but they saw the deck on the recaps they called the atlanta brace the brace called me and it's like hey doug i'm like i want you got to go meet with kaiser and i walk into the room and it was it out it was in the atlanta office and there was about 20 people in there to me and one of their marketing people um, dave who's fantastic i love the man right there gets up first in front of everybody and i literally sold it for me he goes hey guys i've told you for years our deck freaking sucks and and this, do you remember the deck that the Braves gave us? And then we're like, oh, this is cool. And then they gave us that other deck. They're like, oh, this is cool. Guess what? We can have a deck just like that. I want you to meet Doug. He's going to freaking help us. And the rest is history. You know. So now we have Kaiser Permanente. You know, we've got uh, Humana. We've got United Healthcare. We've got Visa. We've got uh, Jostens. We've got um, California Closets. So it, it, it's great. I don't work as much on the B2B side. I, I am, but it's great seeing it we have taken off. It is awesome. Um, where we were, you know, not 80, 90% sports. Now we're getting down closer, to, closer to 50, 50 sports, nine sports. Uh, Angelina Lawton has taken this company and it is going for an unbelievable ride right now. So she's, she, she's our, she's our fearless leader and, and done awesome for us and are taking us to that next level. Now has COVID helped 100%. I think it's the companies that, that, we helped companies during this time and then after as well so it's mm-hmm. it's been a, it's been a great ride
0: Take it and turn it into a positive, man. I love that. That's what we're always trying to do here. And I guess the last thing that I'm curious about is how does a platform like yours, right? Like the the application makes sense, right? Everybody needs to sell, essentially. Everybody needs to tell a story. But how have you made it accessible to the point where you can have that high school in Georgia use it, but also the most notable brand in, you know, American sports, the Yankees, can take advantage of it as well? I mean, obviously the application is the same, but how do you make it accessible to pretty much the entire spectrum of teams and leagues that would want to use it.
1: Yeah. And and that's what we we work on that every single day because yes, a team like, let's say the Yankees is going to have everything you could possibly have in their deck, but, but are using the same platform as the Georgia high school athletic association, you know, is using, and it's great to be a part of them that, and we're trying to, we have a great team of developers and every day they're working on changes because the, more they can change and lessen the time for us to do stuff the more we're able to uh, you know again is create inefficiencies when we're going out there so it doesn't take us so you know x amount of hours to put together a brand new deck for somebody so it it, it and that's what's great is you have to again i always come back to team it's teamwork we have a great team of people that no idea is a bad idea and i love being a part of that i've been at companies where that's not right god forbid someone asks a question like, or you know, it says something like, oh, no, not here. And no idea is a bad idea. And they work on it. And we go to another level. You know, for instance, we, we do this thing called Digitec Live now. So you don't have to use a Zoom anymore. It's in an internal video conference. And why is that big? Think about how many Zoom calls you've been on. Mm-hmm. And on a Zoom call, a person shares a video and the video comes out horrible quality. Mm-hmm. Now with this, you don't have to worry about it. So now it'll look just as good on my screen, as your screen, as whoever's screen I'm sharing it with. And then you also have like, hey, you're going through a presentation. you got a question. You, you just click a button, and you could basically shoot me a text inside the presentation, and we could go back and forth. I love it. So yeah. yeah, so like when I say no idea is a bad idea, prime example there.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. Doug, this was amazing. I- I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity for uh, almost an hour here. So this was, this was absolutely awesome. You were electric. I'm sure you get that a lot, a lot of charisma, a lot of energy, a lot of information, which is what we're looking for, but we want more information, Doug, where can we follow you and sports Digital online so that we can learn everything that we'd ever want to learn?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, uh, Twitter wise. So I'm at Douglas Holtzman. So D O U G L A S Holtzman and uh, same thing at sports Digita. Uh, We have all that we're on LinkedIn, um, but we're actually, so there's two ways you could find us on LinkedIn. You could go to uh, search Sports Digita, number one, or you could search Digideck, D-I-G-I-D-E-C-K. Digideck is the platform, Sports Dig is the name. We just have two different sites. But um, again, it's it's a cool company to be a part of, honestly. So it's, um, like I said, it's, I, I use this term all the time. It's a game changer. So to be a part of a game changer is pretty cool.
0: I love talking to people who are passionate. I don't care what they're passionate about. I just love hearing that energy, and I love it flowing through me, and it absolutely has today, Doug. This was an unbelievable pleasure. I appreciate your time today, man.
1: Well, thank you. It's an honor to be on the show.
0: Appreciate it, man.